investments. Let's talk about it. All right. Well, yeah. So are retics still a good investment? Um, I would say, I mean, it depends like what retics we're talking about, right? I, I think that like, I'm going to catch a lot of crap for this and there might be people I upset, but like if you're investing into Superdorfs, I would say that there's still a decent market for it. If you're investing into mainlands, there's probably a handful of morph and morph combos that are good investments. And the only reason why I really even say that um, is because they're either brand new, like Bacons or Ocelot combos or Hypos. Um, and even Anthrax. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a handful of things that are really cool, but you would really want to specialize in that project at that point yeah and even then i still think where where and why they become a good investment is because like you need to shrink them down into super door stuff i think that's just where we're going um when we look at responsible keepers irresponsible keepers um you know don't get me wrong i'm sure there are super doors out there that get neglected just like mainlands do but you know you you don't have to worry about providing a 10 foot enclosure by four feet wide to at least feel like a little good about yourself right because a lot of mainlands you know require big spaces like that yeah absolutely i mean it's a lot a lot cheaper to keep a super dwarf a lot cheaper to feed a super dwarf or some of these dwarf localities so i i think just responsibly if you want to start investing into retics you want to start shrinking stuff that's down. actually a good point that you even mentioned that that wasn't even on my radar but when we talk about investment like the word investment i'm sure i could pull up a google definition but i'm too lazy but what we're talking about like is buying into something in which you're going to maximize your profit moving forward and and yeah mainlands and their size and the the food size versus superdoors and what you have to feed um, you know, that's a business expense. So the more you have to spend on that animal, which in retics, the bigger, the more you have to, the bigger enclosure, the more food, uh, bigger enclosure means more cleaning products. Um, I mean, overall, you're just multiplying your products and your, 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 how much you have to spend on them or your business expenses. And therefore they're not as nearly as good as investment as a, as a Superdorf um, retic. Well, I mean, just look at it this way. I mean, the the level to enter at the super dwarf level, I mean, some of these really small localities, when you're talking cost per year to feed and house these animals, is going to be substantially different from a mainland locality. So uh, you're right there just shrinking your market because some people aren't going to be able to afford that per year. And sure, there might be people that take those little like quick deals at a show or whatever and buy one on impulse. But once they see how, how much it takes to take care of this animal, I think that's where we start seeing the neglect. And that's just what I want to avoid. Yeah. And I mean, and I just right off the bat, let me go forward and just say this. There's a lot of mainland people out there, a lot of mainland breeders that are doing it the right way. Um, and that are, are caging Mm -hmm. in good things or have the right projects that are good investments like the ocelot project, um, and, and 
um, all those combos that that are very highly sought after, and that's those are all. I'm not saying any of this as like a disrespect towards mainland breeders because there's a lot of you guys that I respect and look up to. But at the end of the day, when we're talking about investment, we're talking about return and cost um, over the lifetime of an animal and what's a good means of investing. Um, Well, and I think just part of why I'm in, in this is just to be able to get new people into these animals or maybe someone who's had a a few ball pythons or boas or corn snakes, what have you, and try to get them interested into what I ended up interested in, which is retics, whether it be big or small, I want to get people interested. And I think it's just a lot easier when you're talking about something substantially smaller now let me play devil's advocate here and let me ask you this question when it comes to our retics a good investment in general um let's talk about lacy act let's talk about potential bans that are always you know these these government officials like to remove our rights not just in reptiles but just about everything else they're trying to strip away from us little by little so our retics that they are on the lacy act um, and you know, right now, just, you know, the, the competes act just removed that amendment on there to, to allow wildlife commissions to have control and say, which was good, kept us safe for like a little bit, you know? So what, what about that? Are mm-hmm. retakes a good investment with this looming over our heads? Not if you're someone who's only in it for the return, because there's a good chance that we have a repeat of what happened six years ago. You know, there it's always a possibility that interstate commerce of these animals can get shut down or your right to keep these animals in your county or your, your, your state, whatever it's always threatened, but you have to almost have the like golden hands mentality if you really want to be into retics, you got to have a passion for it and have a passion for the animals first and foremost. And then, you know, if, if you're able to be lucky enough to get a return on these animals, then consider yourself damn lucky. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? For me? Um, yeah. I mean, number one, so like if you're looking for a reptile to purchase, reproduce, and sell for money um, and and make a lot of profit back. And that's like what you're trying, like you don't own any reptiles right now and you're looking to get a reptile, like stay away from retics because you can't have your rights taken away. What, what, where I, where I think like when people should even start thinking about investing in a breeding business for retics, you got to have a love and passion for the animals. Like Nathan said. So I right off the bat, because like if, if the, uh, if there is interstate commerce ban, which just for those of you unfamiliar with the terminology is if the government decided to ban um, the animals and reptiles that are on the Lacey Act from us being able to sell across state lines, right? If that were to happen tomorrow, I'm okay. I'm happy. I love my animals. Yeah. I, 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 you know, fortunately for me, Texas is a big state, right? Um but yeah. at the end of the day, it's one of those things where you have to love these animals, number one, to even think about like wanting to reproduce and breed them. Because, you know, if you guys 
want to watch our episode of Is a Retic Right for You? There's a lot of ups and downs about keeping retics. And um, so before you you even think about like investing, I would recommend that you like buy one. Um, and if not, get the chance to handle them or talk to someone, do research on them for a long time and make sure it's a snake that you want to keep. And then start making your, your pet decisions as like future investment decisions. But yeah, with the Lacey Act looming over our head, um, you just got to keep in mind that um, like if you're only in this for the money, uh, there might be a day where making money with these animals is no longer allowed. And therefore... Well, I want to remind you that it's not even just the Lacey Act stuff. I mean, look at the alert that just came out today. We're we're looking at an overturned uh, ruling yeah. over in Iowa trying to severely limit the animals and what kind of species you can keep over there. Luckily, it got overturned for right now, but, I mean, they're still talking about it with within their government over in Iowa. So it's something that could be constantly threatened at yeah. any time. So just keep that in mind. You got to understand from an outsider's like we all love reptiles. We all know that we're super weird, okay? Like in the general population, we're weirdos. Like at the end of the day, I think Brian Cus well, and we're dealing with we're dealing with large yeah. python species. Dwarf super dwarf doesn't matter. They're all lumped into reticulated pythons. So I mean, anything that happens with large constrictors in your state could severely affect you. They so zoom make in. sure that you're following your local laws, making sure that you're legal to keep these animals. Make sure as a seller that you're sell sending these animals only to places that people can actually keep these things without getting in trouble. So we're not representing ourselves in a bad light. Yeah. Um, we're under a magnifying glass. And if you look from an outsider's perspective, looking in, if they were to go and look at our animals and they see a big retake, the first thing that most people say is hell no. Like, no, like what, why? Right. So. Well, especially if you start seeing them getting out right. or like just weird yeah. incidents happening with them, people can get irresponsible just trying to show yeah. off their animals. And, and for those of you that are new into keeping super dwarf retakes and you're like, wow, I just had this epiphany like I did, you know, a while ago that, oh, these snakes can be small. Doesn't mean that you're safe from any ban. Like reticulated pythons right now, according to science, are reticulated pythons. Um, you know, there's a few, there's Jampionis, uh, Maleo Python Reticulatus and Saputriae. But at the end mm -hmm. of the day, what the government has already put on the Lacey Act and what they continue to ban is the catchphrase Reticulated Python. So even if you have a four-foot retic that's 100 years old, it's still going to be one of those animals that has that potential to be, um, you know, limited or restricted or banned or all those things. So make sure you love the animals. Yeah. There, there are talks uh, in the super dwarf community of trying to get these animals reclassified and it's it's a possibility but no one should bank on that either and it would really matter how they end up reclassifying them if that ever happened if they're a new species or a new subspecies yeah. so that can severely affect how they're legislated so nothing's a guarantee and no one should yeah. bank on anything I, in my personal opinion with I, that i think they'll classify them as a subspecies um and mm -hmm. and as long for as long as these animals are a subspecies, they still fall under the umbrella of reticulated pythons. And so at that Absolutely. point, we'd be lucky if like the government wants to say like you can't have Maleo Python reticulatus, but you could have reticulatus championis. And it's like what? <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen. But anyways, 
Yeah, it just realistically, I don't see that happening. I, it's that's a pipe dream, but you know. exactly. So, I mean, are retics, um, if you want to know, like, my flat out, like, yes or no question, are retics still a good investment? I say, yeah, I say they are because. Um, they are right now Superdorf and Dorf retakes are a, a they're they're popping right now. There is room to grow in the community. Um, there are people every single day learning about what these animals are, reaching out to, you know, um, big Superdorf breeders. I mean, there's a reason why there's so much new content coming out about this, you know, phenomenon of Superdorf retakes because um, more and more people are wanting to learn more and see more. Um, and so, yeah, I think like, even if you don't have any right now and you jump in and get a pet and you're thinking, you know, it's been like five years since they've been a little mainstream, maybe a little less, it's still a good investment to make, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's a good investment to make as long as you have some kind of focus, you really know what you want and you're not just buying anything and everything that's coming your way. So let's let's yeah. actually talk about that more and caveat into this next section of whether they are good investments or not. So there are obviously like, you know, if you just aimlessly start buying and you don't have a plan and you do all this, you know, it can get messy. Your overhead can get big. And then you're like, what do I do? I have a bunch of random things to put together. So let's let's break this down into, you know, what morphs make good investments and you know, our, our localities, good investments. So let, let's first start with like, let's start with morphs. So, I mean, give me your, well, actually (laughs) this is early in the episode. So first off, before I, this is early in the episode, I'm going to introduce Lucas's rant for the episode. Okay. Uh, but before I do my rant for the episode, um, just want to remind you guys like subscribe and comment go ahead and uh you know find us on youtube um if you are liking the conversation if you're not liking the conversation drop comments down below um we are available on spotify and apple or apple Podcasts. so go ahead and like and follow on there rate those episodes uh leave a review i love reading those um we appreciate the support so far and um can't forget about patreon right um Nope. Become a lazy bones today. Join the lounge. Do all that. Uh, biggest thing I want to say is uh, coming off uh, NARBC Tinley Park, uh, we had the N- uh, U.S. Ark auction. Sorry, that... and uh, we ended up raising one hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars that night, which is incredible. Although we raised all that money, it goes a longer way to become a member and show that we support us arc so make sure that you're signing up for us arc watching for their newsletters and doing anything that us arc asks of us when it comes time yeah yeah um that's crazy numbers that's that's how much was it One hundred and fifty-six thousand, i believe don't know but that, that's oh, that's a hundred thousand or almost a hundred thousand more than at the arlington at arlington i think it was fifty yeah, thousand. It was a crazy, crazy auction. I believe a PlayStation ended up going for $20,000. There was a $20,000 sale. I believe it was a PlayStation. Again, don't quote me on it. There was tequila going around the table. That's insane. That's insane. That's awesome, though. I love seeing that. Um, All right. Rant of the episode for myself. 
um nathan if you want your own rant segment like you know hit, hit this up but so we're going to caveat into um what morphs are good investments right now um and i want to just say this i i think rather than thinking about what morph or what locality like the best investment animal that you can make is the the animal that you love so if you are obsessed with motley's we know that motley's are produced left and right but if you have a passion for motley's and you want to try to make the world's best motley ever do it and and selectively breed using locality traits morph traits color pattern whatever the heck it is that you want and make the best damn motley that you can make because what's going to happen is all that hard work and all that passion that you put into what you love and when you talk about it people are like that sounds sexy like that sounds really really good and i want to buy one of those animals because clearly there's something very valuable and special about this animal because this person is talking about it like it's the most magical thing in the world and so this snake obviously is a wizard so i'm going to buy all these wizards and have a bunch of harry potter snakes in my house so obviously that's an exaggeration, clearly. Um, I can't even get Nathan to crack a smile on the damn podcast. Jeez. Um, but um, at the end of the day, rant over, buy what you love. Because I get I get messages all the time yeah. in my inbox of like, hey, what morph should I buy? What's a good investment? And I'm like, I don't know. I could tell you what I would buy right now, but do you like what I like? Like yeah. probably, probably not. Who knows? So buy what you love, buy what you like, like, Man, if you just become a member of any of the groups on Facebook or you follow enough retic breeders on Instagram, you'll you'll know. You'll be scrolling through. I'm sure I'm sure you felt this way when you saw your first hypo, Nathan. You just were scrolling and then you're like, yeah. Whoa, like that animal is phenomenal. And then you're like, Oh, okay, I want that animal. Like so yeah. follow follow what you love first. And then Yeah, really just do a lot of research, like we say almost every yeah. episode. Impulse buy. Don't find what an impulse buy. Find find what excites you. I mean, what first excited me was purples and lavenders, and the smallest purple or lavender I could get my hands on, and that's what I got. And then I got an Annery because she also is from the same bloodline. So I I found out I could potentially make snows in the future. So making the smallest snows I can possibly make and then putting other things into it. But, you know, I feel like if if you already ha have animals and you're maybe looking to make a new investment, uh, I would say some of the best stuff right now is some of these recessive uh, projects that we're looking at. So Ocelot, Hypo, Anthrax is really cool. So, I mean, just like let's get some new stuff in there. But... Like, make sure it's something you're really passionate about and have a plan on how you want to run it. Like, I'm sorry, I got it. I got excited. Go for I got, it, I got excited. Go for I'm, it. You're building up I, and I see no, it. I just want to say, it like, if, if you had to tell people <laughs> your top three, like, best investment morphs or morph combos to, to invest in, right? And also just keep in mind, like, price to get into the project and, like, sustainability of the project. So, like... We're, since we're talking about Morse right now, what are your top three? Isn't it crazy how I just got super excited? I feel like I just said them, so I'm repeating myself. It's Ocelot, Anthrax, really? and okay. Hypo. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, so the reason why I 
I mean, obviously I have an ocelot, so I'm going to say ocelot. And so, and here's the thing. And the reason why I think it's a good. <laughs> you're obli- you're contractually right. <laughs> obligated to say ocelot. Uh, <laughs> this message has been brought to you by yeah, AMB right. Exotics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Ocelot. And and let me give a little bit of background on that. Number one, it's one of the newer morphs. But number two, because right now, this season is the first season people are finally starting to bring it into Superdorf. What do we know mm-hmm. about a Superdorf version of a mainland? I don't know. Let's use uh, Reach Out Reptiles, for example. You can buy a cow online for $2,000 for a mainland cow. What did Garrett sell a cow for? Like, I don't like twenty thousand dollars, and it was a. I that's what I thought I heard. Fifty fifty percent Superdorf. I mean, it was above ten. Um, yeah, I saw I saw an animal at his booth this weekend yeah. go for above. So 10. you know, right now to get into the ocelot game, you're talking about like a ten to twelve thousand dollar investment, even more maybe. Um, baseline, I mean baseline, right? If and that's that's, that's, and that's a, a deal. deal. Okay, and, and then. <laughs> I mean, maybe not on heads. If you're looking at heads, it yeah. might be a little different. Um, but. but if you want a visual, that's the cost in. But then what happens when you make, you know, Superdorf heads and then you make Superdorf visuals? These are going to be, you know, if if a, if a cow 50% Superdorf can go for 10, 15, 20,000, imagine what that Ocelot can possibly go for. So Ocelot for sure is there. Another amazing investment that has stood the test of time, and I am so surprised that you didn't say this, Nathan, is snow. Superdorf snows. Well, I mean, I'm. I I feel like I like I said. I feel like I would just be a broken record repeating myself because I've already mentioned that I. That's like my main focus is snow. I mean, I'm not trying to step on any toes because Eric Lee is the one who got me into the the project. But I mean, just being able to maybe diversify a little bit and run different stuff that excites me. So, (laughs) anthrax snows in the future. Have Come you seen on, what anthrax like, purples look like, man? Weston has a Weston has an amazing, yeah. amazing animal, but yeah, yeah, I've seen it in person, I believe, and it is just it, that kind of stuff. Just yeah. like can you, lights can you me tell, up. I'm, can you I'm tell so excited. How, like we're we're nerds. <laughs> this is pathetic. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After after the end of the the weekend here, uh, it, uh, wow, can't talk. After the weekend at Tinley, uh, and we went into the city, did some art stuff, and went to a comedy show, my fiance just goes, you know, I, I'm just so done with the, oh, 68.75 and 32 and like 25% and Galato and Madu and Motley. And she's my, I'm just my, so done with this thing. And I'm like, I get it. It's, it's my, overwhelming. My brother went with me to Arlington back in February, and he was the opposite. When I was talking to people, he's no, I mean, he, he was there when I got my first snake when I was five years old. And he's like, bro, this whole time I'm thinking that you just really like snakes. But like after going to a show and seeing these percentages and yeah. morphs and combos, and th- he's like, I have a whole new respect yeah. for this thing. He's like, he's like, you guys are doing science. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, it's insane. Yeah, you, you really get a sense of how, how passionate you have to be to, you know, want to really get yeah. into this game. All right. Back to my number two, Snows. So let me talk yeah. about why Snows. So number one, Snows have been around for quite a few years now. But the crazy thing about Snows is that their market value hasn't dropped. Snows are still, if you want a good quality 
62.5% Superdorf snow, you're still going to have to fork out three to five K, maybe even more depending on who you're buying from. Um, and then if you want like a Sunfire snow or a Motley snow, like you're adding only one Kodam in there and boom, another $1,500. And it's like, what? And people are buying them left and right. And what's cool about the snow project is that like, again, year after year after year after year, we don't see the prices go down and the demand is still higher and higher every single year. And, um, you know, one thing that I love about the snow project, and I, and I think it's really important for a lot of you new breeders who, who invested in snow, which by the way, phenomenal idea. But one thing that I just want to like, I think a, a huge reason why this project has remained so valuable, marketable and, and profitable over several years now is because you don't see a lot of people pumping out three, four snow to snow pairings every single year that you'll end up with all snows in the clutch or whatever the case may be because mm -hmm. here's the thing is if you're going to get into any of these very top tier investments like we're talking about you have to have a business mindset and you can't just say i want to i want to produce a snow and then just get you know i don't have the overhead to keep back a clutch if people don't want to buy them right away and blah 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 and just crash the market like i think the people who have pioneered snow and the people continuing to let it go have been very, very smart. And it's the same thing with Ocelot. Ocelot four years ago was $35,000 and then it dropped down to like 30,000 and then it dropped down to like 20 to 25,000 and then it dropped down to 15,000. And that's over a four year span, five year span. But if you think about it, most people, I mean, in, in a lot of projects in ball python worlds, you can tank by not being smart about the animals you purchase and overproducing them. So just keep that in mind. Um, and then yeah. number three investment, um, in my opinion, is going to be, um, it's going to be another. That's hard for me. I wasn't even prepared for this episode, by the way. I, I knew so it was going to be. I want to right off the bat say hypo. And the reason why I want to say hypo, again, there's no known Superdorf hypos out there. Be the first. I challenge you. Um, so there's, there's oh, people sure. working yeah. at it. And I mean, probably by next year, we'll have some some heads. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, now here's the thing is I've seen Bob Clark's hypos and they look phenomenal. They're blue as hell, yellow, mm -hmm. vibrant. But then I've seen other people produce hypos and they're not that blue. So I'm still not like, I, I really need to see other people producing them to see like what the deal is fully with blue hypo or hypo as you know, some people call it. But if yeah. I had to go outside of hypo, um, I was going to say your net next best investment would probably be to get um, a high quality OGS. Yeah, that's that. I was eyeing an OGS yeah. email this weekend, seventy yeah. five hundred dollars so, for the one I wanted. I mean, really small genetics. Yeah, great little and we female, know, but you're you're, you're and, shelling and out. We know money. that OGS, uh, and if you take an OGS to a phantom, you create cows. Here's the thing, I think everyone is going that route. What I think that people should do with OGS, OGS, if you aren't aware, like when you see a beautiful OGS, there to me, there's like not many other snakes that are as nice. 
And so in my personal opinion, like even if you get OGS just to perfect and make a beautiful animal, um, the OGS combos like Shane, um, Costello is making stupid, like just absolutely ridiculous, like glow stick, orange, OGS, purple, Jaguar, Sun Tiger, Super Suns, like the OGS, like the, the sky's the limit with OGS and a lot of people aren't focusing on it. And I think that it, it'd be a really good return on investment for them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't say that I am not a little bummed that everyone's kind of going the cow route because when I first got into Super Dwarfs before everything really started popping off and, you know, you had Garrett's presence really marketing these things to, to the general public, I, uh, that's the route I wanted to go. I mean, I saw my first cow retick and, you know, I, I said, that's what I'm going to invest into when I have the funds to be able to. And by the time I was in, able to start investing into that project, everyone's after it. But I'm not going to let that stop me because I still like what exactly. I like. Right? Going back to that first so, point, you produce what you yeah. love and you share what you love and you share your passion and people will buy your animals because people want to buy from someone that they know loves their animals and loves the projects that they're working with. So um, like, for example, and I mean, this is like, I just mentioned like snow being number two on my list. And the thing that's crazy about the snow project is that like, as much as I love it, I, I also know that business decision wise for me, I'm holding off. I'm going a different route with Anri and Albino. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going a completely different route, but um, I love them. I can appreciate them from, from afar. And I mean, really the only way that I'll end up getting a snow female is if my, my male ocelot ends up proving het, uh, het caramel. So that way I can make some orange glow so, stuff, but, um, so no more snow mail. No, no, Cause no, I know so, that no, was a thought that, of yours that's in the, the past. That's the other route I'm going snow mails, but I'm talking about like the current snows that are mass produced and in production, not mass produced, but they're being produced. So purple snows, lavender snows, all those things. I'm going the email yeah. route with it. Um, but I guess the reason why I didn't include that in that is because it's it, in the Superdorf world doesn't exist in the U S Yeah, and because I just, I, if I'm being honest, like Amel for me has always been the true albino. Like, I think it's a true retake albino. Like, you can argue a white albino is also a T-negative albino, but it's also a lelic with purple. And, you know, if it's a lelic with a T-positive albino, I'm just kind of not sold there. So I think the true albino of retakes is Amel, and there's something about those see-through ruby red eyes that drive me crazy. I still haven't been able to see one in person, Come and on. I would love to. I, yep, I, got I, I plan on it. Uh, you thinking of doing February ten or uh, not Tinley? Yeah, uh, I'll give you my rundown for next year. I'm gonna do February yeah. and October uh, or September Arlington. Um, I plan to make okay. the October Tinley, and during the dur Ooh, during right, the summer, I also plan to go to Retake Fest. Cool. I think for me, I'll probably try to hit the Arlingtons and if I'm lucky, yeah. Retick Fest. Retick Fest is top of the list just because last year it looked amazing and I'd love to just see everyone. Yeah, yeah. I should probably, yeah, that would, should probably be my reprioritization. Just go to maybe, 
I don't know. Is the February Arlington uh, as big as the September? No. Probably not. No, I just I just went yeah, I went so. to both this year. Anyways, we're yeah, getting on a anyways, tangent. So, um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, do you want to just like shoot off? Do you want so? Yeah. So I mean, I guess where I would want to uh, ask you from here is just like, do you think maybe morphs aren't the way to go, and do you think maybe pure localities are the best route to invest into right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, okay, so. Are pure localities a good investment? Are they a better investment than Morph? So right off the bat, mm-hmm. um, yep. like if I had to answer in a blanket statement, are pure localities a better investment than Morphs? I would say no. And this is coming from like I'm a locality person through and through. Um, I think I only have like five Morphs in my collection of 20 snakes. Um, and so with that being said, um, you got to understand that localities are – in my opinion, phenomenal, but there are a lot of localities that are limited in bloodline. And so you have to realize like, as far as keeping things pure for as long as you can, there's really only two sustainable localities in the country. Um, and, uh, and this is by the way, I'm, I'm, this is information that I've gotten from someone else and I, I truly believe in, which is why I'm sharing this, but the two sustainable localities in this country are Kalatoa and Ternate. Um, it, everything outside of that, at some point, we're going to be crossbreeding and breeding. Um, and like right now, I have a Slayer. I'm trying, like, I have one option to find an unrelated male to her, and it's a wild caught male. Like, and. Well, I think, I think if you're really in love with a locality, and it is maybe it's a Madu or a Karampa or Karampa, how do you, however you want to say it, uh, you know, Tom Belong and the list goes on if you want to work with those animals you know yeah. you still can but maybe think of using them to add color to add the pattern oh, well i'm finish. trying to get to what i like talk about it <laughs> talk about it you're on the right part i love it no i mean i mean you're right you can't keep just inbreeding these animals after generation after generation there's just bound to be issues down the line so I think, you know, it's a good idea that if you love these localities, have one in your collection. But if you really need to breed it, need to breed it, then maybe think about what would be cool with that locality. So I agree 100%. Like, so for example, if you were to invest in Kalatoa's phenomenal investment, it's one of the smaller localities in retics available, they're going to stay at a fairly good price. And I mean, Right now, the price for them is good. I mean, like you can get one for as low as fifteen hundred from a uh, as low as fifteen hundred for a male, and as high as like five k for a female, um, depending on who you're buying from, bloodline, all that good stuff. But let's say any locality, you got on. So we cannot import animals anymore. So what we have in this country is what we have. Therefore, that puts localities on a rare radar. They're just not. They're they're. You know, you, you can you can produce a thousand motleys a year all over the country. You know, I think this last year was the most we've seen Kalatoas produce, and I think there was like six, seven clutches of Kalatoas in twenty twenty two. Um, like I and and that's a number that I'm going off the top of my head because the last time I count was a few months ago at like five. But um but yeah, so that those aren't big numbers, especially because clutches aren't big and so um for small localities, great investment that you can go with breeding peers. But like Nathan was saying, 
Um, I have like, okay, for example, I love the, the, the Ternate Island locality. It's like first or second favorite of mine. Um, and like, that's a good investment for like peer to peer breedings, but also when it comes to making morphs. So all of you that love morphs and like, are like, I'm a morph person, not a pure locality person. That's like majority of keepers out there but i mean if if you're not including new bloodline of a different looking type of retake like a ternate or a homa or you know garrett's been using a lot of madu stuff in his like garrett had produced uh of reach out reptiles he produced motley anneries like two three years ago that looked phenomenal and then all of a sudden he's I got yeah. to hold and some then, this weekend, and they are some of dude, my favorite snakes I've ever exactly. Caught All he had to do was over the last like year and a half is throw Madu in there, and like boom, he just created yeah. silver, blue, and yellow motleys. It's like what? Uh, you cannot describe yeah, it's, the it's, color totally accurately right? on I, those animals. I love my Annery motley that I got from him. That's a fifty percent Kalatoa, twelve point five percent Jamp. But when I look at her, and then I see these Madu influence. Um, I'm, I'm like, damn it! <laughs> like they look so good. Phil Phil Thompson will show you the one that he oh, just he picked up. Me. He'll make you slap. He showed me. It looks he so sent good. me like three oh, pictures yeah. today, and I was like, ah, oh, okay. You know, you're cool. Fine. Bye. <laughs> well, I thought the same thing about. Uh, I I just got a Phantom Tiger boy a couple years ago, and there was another line that year that had a little bit of Madu in it. Guess which? Yeah, looks Madu. So the Madu. Another incredible. another area that just goes to show the locality influence. Pull up your eighty-seven point five percent Kalatoa, fifty percent Kalatoa, sixty-two point five percent Kalatoa Phantom. Beautiful snake, still has a lot of brown color, a little bit of yellow in there. And then look at the fifty percent Tombalongan Phantoms that are out there. I have one of those males. The colors are night and day, just more vibrant. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. our locality is a good investment. Absolutely, even for you morph nerds. Because what specific localities are going to do is enhance certain traits. Um, Rodney just produced. Well, and I think Tom Belongan and Soleil are the two perfect examples of that. Just loaded with color. Maybe not the best to run into the, into the Soleil project to Soleil project or the Tom Belongan to Tom Belongan. But to add that color pop, yeah, go for it. It's going to... it's. It, I mean, depending on what you're throwing it yeah. to, it's going to be incredible. Ronnie just produced um, Ternate Marbles, 50% Ternates. Oh, those were so good That's what I'm saying. Like, looking. you you put a crazy pattern locality like Ternate into a crazy pattern morph like Marble, and he made the best marbles I've ever seen in my life. I was like, what? Um, so, yeah, localities are a phenomenal investment because they're going to make your morphs even better. And then once you like, if you get smaller localities to enhance the morphs and everything, now you're you're now you're making better looking morphs and smaller animals. So, yeah, localities are a phenomenal investment. And even at the end of the day, if you want to do just pure localities, I, good luck finding a pure locality for under a thousand dollars. And you know, I know there's a lot of expensive things out there, but if you're selling a single snake for a thousand dollars, like why are you complaining? That that's 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 a good value. That that's good money coming in. Yeah, absolutely. So, based off everything we've talked about through this episode, what then? 
is maybe like the parameters you would use on how to decide which project you would want to invest into or how should we tell our viewers what the best best path of investment would be right now? Um, Superdorf. Wait, were you asking me or did you want to have like a discussion on this? Like, I mean, I want to have a discussion on it for sure. I, but I agree that the blanket statement for this discussion could yeah, be Superdorf Super or small slash medium locality. Because at the end of the day, we actually need to finally start realizing that the large localities and very large mainland animals in this country are not being given the justice that they deserve. They're not given the enclosure size. They're not given into, um, you know, uh, Eric Lee said it best on his locality talk on Kalatoa. But if you have an outsider looking in at what we keep our snakes in, it's, it's, I mean, like even a six foot enclosure for a super dwarf in our industry, we consider like a good size cage, but like, I mean, an outsider looking in, they're like, oh, this is a seven, eight, nine, ten foot snake in, in this box. And now we're talking about mainlands that are 15 feet, 16 feet. And, and 125 pounds and we're keeping them in vision cages you know and so and then there's the stark contrast of the uk keepers like was mentioned in that episode of people that are keeping huge enclosures naturalistically and it's you know there's just a bit of a contrast in uh, yeah the practice so, um yeah i would say like super dwarf blanket statement like you mentioned um and then also like i mentioned before follow what you love and what you like um and um while i'm going through my notes here nathan go ahead and mention what you think is important for them to mention uh how to decide on the best project to invest into like i said do your research find something that just absolutely gets you pumped up uh and find the best version of that or Find the smallish version of that. Just whatever you think is the best route for it. Um, I want to say smaller is better just because, again, I want to see my animals alive down the road, especially because I am breeding. Um, I definitely don't think everyone should breed. I think it's definitely not for the faint of heart. It's not easy. Um, And it's not a get rich quick scheme by any means so just if you're looking to start into projects find something that even if you don't make a dollar on it that if you put a thousand extra dollars into making that clutch happen over a period of years just to see those babies make sure it's something that you would do to that point like eric ran that mail for seven years trying to see if he could ever get babies from him and it was just because he loved that yeah, male so, so i mean do stuff like that do stuff like that it, make sure it's a passion project more than it's just a yeah. money project um i agree um and if if you're if you're dead set on this being a money project um i'm gonna say like i'm gonna go with that blanket statement super doors but what i also want to see people do is you know, grab what's not in a super dwarf yet. And yes, people are, are working on it and doing that. But, you know, if you could be the fifth person to make hets of a, of a morph that is only available in mainly, it's a way to get your a head start in a project. Um, 
I kind of want to stop you here just a little bit because we didn't really mention, yeah, it's, it's great to try to invest into something that we haven't seen into Super Dwarf yet and it's not always attainable for everyone. So I want to say, like, if Platinum Annery is something that excites you, find the best female Platinum Anneries you can and start investing into that. You know, or Mot- Motley Annery or, you know, whatever yeah. combo you like. Yeah. Work on perfecting it or work yeah. on changing it. So I'll give way. a good example of that. Um, so marbles. I'll give a great example. So marbles is a gene that I absolutely love. Um, the issue that I see a lot with marbles, um, I like marbles that have a broken up top pixelated pattern that looks super busy. Um, I have a shadow on my face. I wonder if I can make like a dog. No. Okay. Oh, there it is. Wait. Okay. Anyways. Um, so <laughs> you're on mute, Nathan. <laughs> you're on mute, Nathan. You've now resorted from <laughs> drawing shapes to doing shadow yes. puppets on your face. <laughs> We've reached a new low, everyone. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, so marble's a good example for me. So I have a marble. Um, I selectively chose my marble because of the color. It was insane. And, and it had that good broken up pattern that I love in marbles. Um, but what I see a lot happening in a lot of marbles is that they're starting to stripe out and that's through crossing into other codoms and just, you know, the people aren't really selectively breeding for the crazy busy top pattern marble marble. So like, if you like, like myself, if you like that crazy pixelated broken up pattern marble and you don't like the like striped out stuff, like I'm not the biggest fan. They're, they're nice snakes, but like if I want to work with the marble project, I don't want to make a striped out snake because to me, when I think of a marbling pattern, a stripe is like the last thing that I think about when I think of the word marble. And so I, I selectively waited and I found the marble that I liked that fit what I needed. Um, and, and yeah, what, what was I saying before you, you cut me off? politely cut me off but <laughs> so you were talking about being one of the first second third people into adding one of these new recessive but but let me but let me also codon. preface this it doesn't always have to come at a big price because how many superdorf how many superdorf anthrax yeah. do you know of out there i know people working towards them exactly. but i don't so you, know. and you can get an anthrax mail for fifteen hundred dollars game over you can get from adam warren you can get Oh, and here's another thing, talking about what you said, finding what you like. Everyone thinks of anthrax as these really dark animals. Adam Warren has a silver line of anthrax that are silver and yellow that look ridiculous. You can get that animal for probably $1,500, take that into Superdorfs, and and start a super... Imagine that, like, silver line of anthrax with Anry in Superdorf, like, poof. Okay, I know what my next project is. Yeah. I mean, you could even, and and if you're willing to go that route and go with a mainland, let's say a male, you can easily get something with a little bit more than just a little anthrax to throw into your project. So you can do anthrax something your tiger, way. Anthrax, platinum, any any of those combos so that your first pairing, sure. yeah, yeah first pairing on. a mainland to a superdorf. And if you're willing to play the long game and you really want to invest, you get some heads, run some heads. Right. Make yep, your own just, anthrax. Just make sure you have room for all backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that goes back to the responsibility of 
being a breeder, I mean, you have to make sure that you're able to place these in proper homes. I mean, sure, there's people that don't make sure that it's going to a proper home, but they probably don't see their animals alive 10 years down the line. Also, make sure you sell them to proper homes, but also, like, give them proper homes. Make sure that the animals that you keep them proper are, homes. Are, are kept well. Yeah. And I would I would say even as a breeder, I know this is kind of jumping off topic a little bit, but I would say as a breeder, it would be important to educate a customer, especially a new customer, on if, you know, life, life happens. Shit comes at us. If anything happens and you have to rehome this animal, maybe educating our customers on what the best way is to go about it. And so these animals don't just get tossed around, devalued, everything gets mixed up. And then, you know, this some somehow down the line, this really cool animal becomes something that exactly. no one cares about. Um, all good points. So um, yeah. I think we've hit a good amount. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a good little concise episode. Yeah. But stuff I think yeah. is not talked about. Exactly. Quite if enough. you message me on what morph to get, I'm going to ask you which one you like. Stop doing it. Stop. Yep. Just stop. Just get what you like. Love it. Um, okay. So, again, just as a reminder, like, subscribe, comment. Um, we appreciate the support. Right now, we're recording this on October 11th. It's probably going to launch two weeks from now. Um, just want to let you guys know we're up to 25 Patreons um, and we're loving every bit of it. So uh, the link is down below. Click the link. Subscribe. It's as low as $5 a month. If you're feeling very brave and bold, it can go up to 20 or $50 a month. All different type of uh, perks and benefits. We're working on a new logo, new gear for you guys, a nice retro logo for you guys to enjoy. Um, and we're having Zoom calls every other Friday. Um, so come and be a retake lounge patreon member um anything else that you want to say no i'm just excited to hopefully see you at the next show and uh be able to do this thing in person but you know uh make sure that you're subscribed liking commenting and becoming a member of us arc we'll see you on the next one do you want to do your lift i know it's late but come on do it no all right bye I can't access my button from right here.